Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mindful Metal Jacket. I am Joe List. I'm glad you are here. As I say often, we have a small but mighty fan base, and I am grateful too for you. Um, the lighting is a little weird if you're watching on YouTube. I'm just going to warn you. My guest today, Ron on Hirschberg, his lighting is a little goofy. I don't know why it does that on Zoom. If you move, the lighting flickers. Anyways. It's a great episode. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in, for watching on YouTube or listening on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you're subscribed. If you're listening on uh, iTunes or other places where there's subscriptions, subscribe, leave a nice five-star review. They're all very touching. I appreciate it. And uh, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube page and um, follow my other podcasts, Tuesdays with Stories, Joe and Ron on Talk Movies. And um, speaking of Joe and Ron on Talk Movies, today's guest is the one and only Ron on Hirschberg, who is one of my favorite people, good buddies. He's currently, or neighbors right now, Steve Rogers, who's the most frequented past guest on this episode, I mean, on this podcast, is out of town. Ron on's here, cat sitting, we're neighbors. Uh, but we recorded in separate apartments because it's easier on Zoom than standing in front of a camera. Anyways, none of that really matters, I guess. You know Ronan, I hope. He was the first episode of the podcast. So um, for now, this podcast is bookended with Ronan Hirschberg for this week. And uh, I was grateful to Ronan. I had a guest who had to um, reschedule, and Ronan happened to fly home and was staying next door. So I said, hey, why don't we uh, do a podcast? And he's a great guy to podcast with. He's got a lot of anxiety. We talk a lot about um, being uh, drunks and drug addicts at times in our lives. And um, we talk about death and anxiety, of course. And it was really a great conversation. I really enjoy and treasure all my conversations with Ronan. That's why I have the movie podcast with him. That's why I'm happy to have done this podcast with him. I think you'll get a lot out of it. He's got a lot of wisdom. I think I got some wisdom. And uh, we had some laughs too, some funny stories in here. So this is one of my favorite episodes and um, Ron will be on again, I'm sure at some point. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're doing well. Summertime, enjoy it. I always get the feeling that summer is going too fast. And um, I don't know, I have to stop, meditate, try not to hold on to it. And um, one, one quote I love that... Um, wasn't going to be the quote, but maybe I'll just throw, I'll throw out multiple quotes. In nature, nothing hurries, but everything gets done. Hmm? I have to remind myself of that. I'm off to Nantucket right now, Nantucket Island, very special place. I was just in Maine for a week and a half, and now I'm going to Nantucket for four days. So living my best life, my best New England life. Hope you're getting out there, getting to the beach, boating, kayaking, fishing, hiking, whatever it is you can do. Get out there in nature. It's healthy. And, um, and I hope you're feeling uh, grateful today. If you're listening to this podcast, your life is more blessed than many people on earth. So hope you're doing well. Here's the quote I had pre-planned. Oh, by the way, and all that other stuff. Enjoy this conversation with Ron on. But first, here's the great Alan Watts, who I love. Get ready, folks. You can follow Alan Watts. Alan, I almost said Watts, Freudian. Alan Watts org on Instagram. Great stuff. From Alan Watts. He knows himself to be one with all, 
for he is no longer separating himself from the universe by seeking something from it. Mm -hmm. We're all one, baby. All right. Enjoy this conversation with the one and only Ronan Hirschberg. Farts. Here we are. It's a crossover. This is a crossover hit. Yeah, this is yeah, this a crossover is, where you're in both. This is exciting. This is uh, my hair looks amazing. Look at this. It's got a good. Uh, it's got a good. Um, you know, yeah. Shine, flow. We just talked for like four hours, so I, this is. Uh, I feel like I'm really uh, getting deep. Well, we just recorded a Patreon of our other podcast. Uh, I don't even or know our pod. This this is yeah. not your podcast. I don't even know which this is. Is this Tuesdays <laughs> with stories? What are we doing? <laughs> I got a lot of shows. This is Mindful Metal Jacket. And um, I mean, there's going to be some people that are really upset to see you here. I mean, it's almost like a sketch. Wait, why? Well, because there's certain people you're like a nemesis on Joe and Ron on talk movies. Oh, and there's some be people. Bad to, oh, because you have fans of Mindful Metal Jacket who probably hate the other podcasts. I assume. I don't know. Like, it's possible that there's people that are like, all right, well, Ron on drove me crazy, but I'll go get some some you know, experience strength and hope on mindful metal jacket. And then they just see your face here. Maybe they're listening to mindful metal jacket because of the depression. I put them in shitting on all their like childhood favorite movies. You know, it's possible. I mean, you've, you've upset me, but how but do you, how historical? Do you, I was the first guest. Yeah. This is, this is the first, if something happens, if I die, you'll be the last guest. Hopefully I don't. Oh, but that would be nice symmetry. It's like how so. Mark Twain was born on Haley's comet and died on Haley's comet. Like on, on top of it, you mean? <laughs> yes. No, like Haley's Comet's like every 75 years, and he died the day it went through, and then he died again. Uh, I mean, he, he was born the day it went. I don't know how it works. I guess the comets just like go through and then come back. I tried but, to look uh, at the comet section. <laughs> but the comet, Haley's Comet, came through on the day he was born, and then it came through again when he died. Wow. It's funny because like... There was like 90 seconds worth of extra words. Like I definitely understood once I know, you said that the I, first time I was like, got it. Well, I was, you seem so uninterested, but which I'm, I just keep on repeating it. Cause it's such a no. fascinating fact. I'm I am like, interested. I, it's are you not getting it? You know what happens <laughs> is I, I sometimes I play with these two magnets as like a fidget uh -oh. spinner. And then they were, they were doing weird thing over here. So I should put them down and really pay attention, but no Mark Twain, Sam Clemens. Uh, he literally, know. yeah, he was born. And I keep, I, you're so flabbergasted that I, yes, like, I I'm it like, happens every 75 it? years. His birthday and death coincide with appearances of Haley's comet. You know, his last words was the N word. He just whispered it into someone's ear right before he was like coming closer. And then he whispered the N word and died. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> that might not be true. Um, are you a Twain guy? Because you're a big reader. I know that. Love Twain. Love Twain. Yeah. How do you have the time? This is something I go through sometimes. Do you have this? I, I get so much anxiety, and I talk about this a lot on the show, that I should be doing more. I should be doing something. And I'm trying to work all day, every day, like during the week. I take, I take a lot of vacations and weekends. Yeah. I do whatever. But during the week, weekdays, I'm like, I need to work out. I need to work on a script. I need to record a podcast, write. And then I talked to every comedian, including yourself, and they're all like, I watched all nine seasons of every show. They've seen every movie. They listen to podcasts. And I'm like, I got to take more breaks during the day because 
Where are you finding time? I guess the answer is shitting in the bathtub, but you're reading novels, you're reading plays, you're watching films. You do a lot of consumption. It's relative. I mean, you actually watch way more movies than me. I I think I read more because, you know, you're always having watched the movies already when we do the other pod. And then I, you know, so I actually think you watch a lot more movies than me a week, but I, I read in the bath every morning. You get you. So take me through your day you wake up and you go straight to the bath no no no. i went in an ideal day i wake up i meditate tm Mm -hmm. 20 minutes and then i do i i i I heat the coffee i take an instant israeli coffee it's called elite it's amazing it feels like cocaine it's like it brings me back to my adderall days there might be cocaine in it i don't know how the israelis (laughs) do it but I, i i heat my water for my instant coffee i do 40 push-ups and then by the time i'm done i said that like you're gonna be impressed no well i have to just cut in and push back here because you said you do 40 push-ups like this has been a thing for a while but i think you're forgetting that we talked four days ago and you were like i do 25 push-ups i was appalled (laughs) that i was like i can't believe you think that's a workout so you're trying to pull a fast one on me here it's like the old louis joke where like you ever tell a story budge but he ended up telling it to the same person, but by that point, you've already added a bunch of lies to it. No, no, no. But you're joking. I, it's always been 40. You told me to do more. Than, it was two sets of 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was two still sets embarrassing, of but yeah. But so I, anyway, I, I do 60 push-ups a day. And, <laughs> I <laughs> no. said to add one a day. You should do 41 tomorrow. I know, except then I went, I, I think after I talked to you, I immediately went to Tacoma and it was my family and it's been awful. Like, I had the same uh, thing. I, yeah. I, we, we can talk about this, like in terms of anxiety. I mean, it's your podcast, but like, please, let's talk about anxiety. When you go to your family, well, I'll try to combine it. The routine at home is so important for me. Mm-hmm. And then I go to my family and it's all thrown off to the point where it's like very depressed. Like, I get, I love my family, but it's like a, a mental crisis a little. Cause like at home, I do the 40 push ups, then I drink the coffee and read in the, no, no, then I, I drink coffee and write 10 pages. Or five pages. Ten pages? Five pages. It's a big mistake. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, bet, I bet five pages. Okay. I write five pages. I write 22 pages. Just log on. No, no, I write five pages. It's a big font, but I write, uh, you know. Oh, so like you five, type. You don't write. I type, yeah. Okay. And I don't do this bullshit. Everyone's doing the, like, I hate this fucking, like, they just start journaling stream of conscious. They're just like, the potato goes to the market or whatever shit. It's like, no, I just try to write jokes for five pages. Oh, that's impressive. I mean, that's hard to do to just sit and crank out jokes. I'm telling you, it's this coffee. This coffee really fucking, it's it's really good. And this uh, this is interesting. I want to come back, but I, you know, I'll, I'll host if you don't mind. Um, (laughs) But it's interesting because. I just I drank the Starbucks down the street because I have a very routiney routine, too. And I drank them out of the green tea I like. So I was like, I'll drink black tea. And it's fucking me up because, like, my heart is like racing. Like, I, I'm black not tea used to you up. Black tea is much more intense than green tea. Yes, but yes. not more than coffee. It's less than coffee still. Oh, I'm sorry. You're saying you're drinking black tea instead of. Yeah, yeah, green yeah. Tea. Yeah, yeah. But for, to go to green tea to black tea is big. Yes. So like the last few days, I'm like, my heart is like jittering. I'm like, I feel anxious. You can write like that or you're just used to it, I guess. Uh, first of all, I'm shocked that you would just adjust. Like I thought you were green tea for life. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't just go somewhere else. 
No, I was. And I started walking to the other Starbucks that's far away. I tried two other. I don't want you to make it seem like I'm just like, I go with the flow. Like I went to three other businesses. Do not make it seem like that. Yeah, I was about to say this must have been this did not just. Yeah, knowing you, you did not just. You know, no, I went to three other businesses and I hated their system of delivering the tea and the whatever kind of tea they had, whatever bullshit. And then now I've switched to black tea for a few days and I'm having this is what I'm presenting to you is that I'm like, I'm losing my mind from drinking it. It's tough. I mean, uh, I'll tell you a nightmare when I was, I was with Whitney last this weekend. One night I was drinking. They had like decaf. I mean, decaf tea or herbal herbal tea. And I was about to go on. And I looked and I took the wrong bag. It was black tea. Oh, right Jesus. before age, which is a huge. I I love talking to you because you know how like anyone else would be like so, but you know like how like I'm like my heart's like racing now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not used to it. I don't do drugs or anything, but I have this too. Like I went to the movies yesterday, ate a bag of M and M's, and I this happens too with like mindfulness practice. I try to be much more mindful of yes feelings and 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 body and consciousness and all these things. And I'm like I eat a bag of M and M's now, and I'm like sitting there like I can feel my heart racing, and I, I just feel like jittery from eating a, a pound of chocolate we used to like me and you specifically we used to do alcohol and drugs and have no effect and now i feel like i'm so sensitive to everything like I, maybe it's just part of getting older but uh but i do drink two big things of coffee now and usually for me when i'm having really bad anxiety i'm not drinking any coffee so you always know if i'm doing bad it means i've had to take a break from coffee so i've actually been so for me when i drink two cups of coffee a day it's a sign that I'm doing okay. Well, that's good. You know? Yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm I'm better at controlling anxiety now or accepting anxiety, which in turn controls anxiety. But when I get jittery like that, the other thing I do with my routine, I like to get up, have my morning cup of tea, drink all of it before I eat anything, then eat. I usually have a meeting or something or do some writing, then go out and get another cup of tea. I take a break. But you can't have an extra cup of tea if you're drinking black tea. Then you're just no, like no, no. completely That's, psychotic. Might as well so. do fucking crystal meth at that point. Like, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I, I mean, mean this, I feel like we're just two old Jews having a conversation now. I hope this is helpful to somebody. Well, it is like it is like I really have pulled like such a 180 in my life. I I, I mean I did fucking I was doing 90 milligrams of Adderall a day back in the day. Is that a lot of milligrams? I don't know. I've never, yeah. I've never taken Adderall ever. That's a lot. Like I was addicted. I did accidentally did bath salts once. I did cocaine. Like, and now it's like I've become such a square. I legitimately was worried I relapsed on kombucha the other day because like there's like a little bit of alcohol in it. And I think it gave me like a euphoric recall, you know? Oh, wow. So it's like I'm literally at the point where I'm worried I'm relapsing on like a pro. Like I don't even know what kombucha is. So it's like... You know, it's, it's, I've definitely like, you definitely go the other way, but, um, but yeah, so I drink two cups of coffee now and then I write and then I work on a screenplay with my buddy and then I read in the bath and that's, oh, and I run too. I try to run or I say, call it running, but it's on my exercise bike. Okay. Yeah. That's a good routine. So you're doing some work. I mean, do you have the thing that I have though, that you're like, yeah, I wrote, but nothing really came of it. I should be doing this other thing. I should be working on that or, or, or I'm writing a screenplay, but it's never going to go anywhere. Or I'm writing bits, but they, nothing do you yeah. criticize like that? I'm so self-critical. I feel like the neurotic, the, the definition of a neurotic is whatever choice you made, you feel like you've made the wrong choice. You constantly think, you just constantly look at the other lane you could have been on, you know? Yeah, I do that constantly. And I have to stop and be like, I've accomplished a lot of things. And I do this too, 
where we work at night. I have to remind myself that I'm know, like, it's like 11.30 a.m. And I'm like, I have not doing enough. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I'm like, I have three sets tonight. And I I'm know. recording a podcast at five, whatever. Like today, you and I just did a bonus for our other podcast, Joe and Ron on Talk Movies. And then I'm recording this podcast and I still have a seller spot. And I had an hour long conversation with uh, this actor that I'm collaborating with. And then I, you know, I ran a meeting with people about mental health, you know, thing and uh, did a bunch of other, I talked to my mother for a half hour. It's like, there's plenty I'm doing. And I went to the gym and went for a run. Well, I feel like when like other people are like nine to fives and they work in that time. And then the rest of the time they fucking play Xbox or tune out their wife or whatever. I feel like, uh, like we just work all the time. We might not, you know what I mean? It's just con to me. I'm just constantly feel like I'm working, but I've embraced it. I've, I'm just like, I'm I, to me being a workaholic. I mean, maybe it's bad, but it, and I try to like, and you've, you've done a good job of like, you know how to take breaks and stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm not a workaholic. I'm like more of a worryholic. Cause I take, I just went to Maine for a, a week and I'm but going to Nantucket hard. tomorrow, but you work hard. You do 42 podcasts. You like, you know, you're, you, you work hard. You know? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's funny. I somebody called me lazy on like social media, and of course, like I, everything wrong in life starts with social media now. Some guy was like, "You're fucking hilarious and talented. You're just lazy." And I'm like, "I'm not lazy. I am trying to balance my life. I'm just not a fucking maniac that is obsessed with content and success. I understand. I value different things." No, you you do it right, and you're you're always like you 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 figure out a way to be sustainable. So you don't have a mental health crisis. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people work so hard, but eventually they're going to have like a nervous breakdown and then they're going to have to stop working for like two years. You know what I mean? Like you're figuring out a way to be sustainable. I'm trying to. And from coming from that, because I used yes. to be a fucking lunatic alcoholic who got no work done ever yes, at all. Um, yeah. Do you ever have this? Like, I, I'm like, I've been sober eight and a half years now but when i was drinking i was a maniac and obviously i didn't meditate properly and i've gotten so much better at meditation involved in first of all recovery from alcohol and therapy and meditation and exercise that now i'm like god i'm so good at being mindful and aware and conscious and like recognizing selflessness and uh, that everything's just an appearance and consciousness. And I've gotten yeah. to such a great place mentally that sometimes it creeps into my head that I'm like, oh, if I drank now, I'd be better at it. Or I'm like, oh, if I had like <laughs> mushrooms now, I could have like a great experience. And I'm not going to relapse, but that comes into my mind that I'm like, man, I never drank. This is how people die, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, because I remember reading that Philip Seymour Hoffman. I was about to say Philip Seymour Hoffman. I was about to say... As a joke, that's so funny. I was about to say, as a joke, he probably was like, I bet I can handle heroin now. You well, know? he did. I've read a thing that he had Isn't that said. Crazy that we both thought that at the same time? Well, we do do, uh, we did three podcasts right before this together. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But we've talked about on the other podcast, which is a great podcast. Everybody check it out. Uh, that like he's the artist that's meant the most to me, yeah. artist death, anyways. And he's one of my favorite artists. I have a framed photo of him in the other room. But He's his thing with his relapse was he had quit drinking and drugging when he was 19. And his thought was, I've never drank as an adult. Maybe yeah. as an adult, I could drink and use. And he started drinking beer and then that quickly escalated. He, he's on record talking about that, like before his major relapse. I believe so somewhere. Or maybe somebody said that. Said, said he said he that. He said yeah. it to somebody and then they said it. But I think he had 
probably said that the way I'm saying it now. If I relapse, someone will point to this and be like, see? Yeah, um, right. But right. I'm sure he said to multiple people, like, I never drank. And I've, I've met other people that have talked like that, that are like, man, I was I only drank when I was a teenager. Maybe I was just immature. And then they try, and of course, they fucking die or get arrested or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you... It's kind of like the thing I said about coffee. Like when I drink a bunch of coffee, it means I feel like I'm doing okay with anxiety. You almost want to have a drink to make you feel like you're no longer an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like you want to be a, you want to that sense of normalcy, you know? But it's the same thing with anxiety. It's like we're always looking for ways to pretend we don't have anxiety, you know? Right. And, and I always, I always want to be the person without anxiety. And so I always have the worst anxiety when when I've convinced myself I no longer have anxiety. And then when it comes back, I'm so depressed and shameful. So instead of the time when I should be feeling good, just reminding myself, I still have anxiety, you know? Right. That's exactly that right. what I'm saying. That makes, like, it, it makes perfect sense. It's yeah. perfectly, they mirror each other. Cause they're very, escape. yeah, they're like very, diagnosis. they're very similar in that. I've made this joke before, but I'm like, everything I have is stuff that never goes away. Herpes, yes. alcoholism, yes. anxiety. And you have to just go, I'm just managing these things now. And that's how I feel with like drinking. I'm like, this is my alcoholism talking being like, yes, I think you could drink now. Cause you want to be normal. You want to be the guy, the fucking douche who has like two drinks and like, all right, I'm going to relax and take a couple of drinks. But I also realized though, like with alcohol, cause I, I guess I'm not as tempted. I don't know. I realized with alcohol, um, there are people who get trashed and they, that's not fun. And those people are very annoying now. Like when you're sober, you hate people who are really drunk. Like they're, they're the worst. You hate them coming over to you. You hate them monopolizing the conversation. You're like, oh, they're talking, they're talking, they talk non, to be a drunk is so annoying because you talk nonstop and you're the one who's not going to fucking remember it. You're not going right, to remember right. you being annoying. Like it's like, I'm the one remembering and it's just you fucking talking. Yes. Like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's very like insulting. So when you see people really drunk, you hate them. But then there's, but so for me, it's like, I don't think I'm going to drink again. Cause like, I know I don't want to be trash cause those people suck. And then the people who have one or two drinks, honestly, that's kind of close to just not drinking. You know what I mean? Well, I was always a guy that was like, what's the point of that? I don't even exactly like, even now when I think about a drink, I don't think about having like a beer. I think about like, Oh, maybe I could drink fucking 58 beers and it wouldn't be a big deal. I don't, oh. I, the idea of drinking like a beer is just like, Oh, so you, think, you imagine yourself being trashed. Yeah, well, not being trash, but just like drinking all night. Yeah, I guess being trash. But don't you like? It, isn't it hard? It did, does it make it a little harder now? Like a, a way to encourage you not to really relapse is how aware of how annoying those people are. Oh yeah, I mean, like I was the worst, and I hate drunk people. I hated drunk people then, right? And right. then I would just yell over them. But I'm like, no, I think about how I was, and I'm like, I just cringe. I'm just like, oh god, that was fucking awful never shutting the fuck up and talking in these like grandiose ways and delusions of grandeur all that stuff i did that with drugs i would like take painkillers all the time like a lot of my friends like i kind of had an intervention about like it wasn't even about the drugs about being really annoying like i was just it was like an intervention like, i missed it yeah <laughs> yeah it was like you won't stop talking it's really annoying like like i i would can i talk a lot already but then you take drugs like drugs make you feel really confident which is not a good thing. Right. If you're, you know, uh, it's the old Bill Cosby joke. You know, they say cocaine intensifies your personality. What if you're an asshole, you know? Did he say asshole? Yeah, he said asshole, yeah. When did he say hilarious that, 
this guy who's raped like every woman he's ever met or still at a place where like he cursed. <laughs> he said, well, I just don't know about it. When did he say was that a later bit? No, it's from himself. Oh, I didn't realize he says asshole in that. I can't remember. Yeah, he says asshole. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. He really, wow. uh, he really let me down. <laughs> um, no, but there's a great thing I read the other day about like if I controlled my drinking, I didn't enjoy it. And if I enjoyed my drinking, I couldn't control it. Exactly. Either way, it sucks. You know, I there was a drunk guy who got kicked out of the show the other night. He was such a fucking piece of shit. I'm like walking back into the club and he just this is how much of an asshole is. He goes up to me and he goes, hey, man, you were great, Artie Lang. And he just put his hand out. He insulted me and then asked me to, like, shake his hand upon the insult. He said, I don't get the Artie Lang. I, I guess because, like. I know you. There's so many people I you get to know somebody when somebody says they look or sound like them. You're like, what? Like, I know Artie well, pretty well. I know you really well. And I'm like, I'm not picking up the Artie Lang. Well, I mean, I, I, round I, faces, I guess. I, I don't want to like be like an asshole, but it's it's a little insulting. I mean, like, first of all, he's he's now deformed. Like the fact that you're like compared, like he's a. He's a pig man from the Twilight Zone. I mean, he's a great guy, but like the fact that he's a like, great guy. but the fact that like, like he's much fatter and 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 he has, he's like, I, I think he's distinguished himself from me at this point. Right. It's like if Jonah Hill was in a fire, and he looked like Freddy Krueger, and everyone was just like, "Hey, Jonah Hill to me," you know what I mean? Like it's just like you know. Well, I got two quick things. Remind <laughs> me about remind me about Jonah Hill. But I get like I show Sarah. It's like appalling. I get for whatever reason, because I have glasses or whatever, my teeth, I get three a day photos being like, hey, is that Joe List? Or someone tags me I and they are him. like the most horrendous looking people. I'm like, you can't even like believe it. it's guys with like skinny faces, like acne and like, boo, <laughs> like crazy <laughs> retard, redneck, fucked up looking people. And I'm like, what's happening like, here? I'm like, this is insane. I feel like I'm like, I'm okay. It's just like the elephant man. Hey, Joe, I didn't know you were. <laughs> um, I didn't know you were in a David Lynch movie. But the uh, other thing, did I ever tell you this? I probably told you this story. I've told it before, but I did a gig Trinity College. I think it was Trinity in Connecticut. I'll think of it. Oh, no, no, it wasn't Trinity. I'll think of it later. It doesn't matter. But it was a college like somewhere midway through Connecticut off 95. And um, Mitchell, Mitchell College in Connecticut. And I was doing a gig. My buddy Alvin was open for me. And it was like one of those things it was like 40 kids. And in the middle of it, I just was doing crowd work or whatever. And I went, hey, this guy looks like uh, Jonah Hill right here. Jonah Hill. I didn't get a good laugh. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then like 25 minutes later, I was like, not Jonah Hill. I just realized Seth Rogen. I confused <laughs> Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. And then the, the guy goes, I'm a woman. <laughs> And it was so bad. Like, I was like, oh, that's why I know it. I called this poor, like, that ah, woman with short hair. And you were Jonah Hill. Nobody responded. And then I was like, oh, it must have been because I said the wrong actor. That is so funny. Well, first of all, just say, like, I've all, I've never heard of someone being misgendered twice. Like, the fact that you're like, the fact that, like, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, no, uh, John Belushi, like, you're just listing all these men. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad. I mean, and she was like, she kind of smiled. Like, so she was like, realized how funny it was. But you I got a think, bit on that? No. Is it funny? Should I do That's it as a amazing. bit? That's amazing. That's great. That's so well, funny. Now it's so sensitive, uh, you know, confusing genders or whatever. That's, I don't it's know. a hate crime, basically. I know. Um, 
I uh, Jonah Hill lost a bunch of weight. I've always been compared to Jonah Hill, and then he lost a bunch of weight, and people would literally be like, "Hey, you look like a kind of like a fat Jonah Hill." Like it was just like the worst thing I could have ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, Jonah Hill and Moneyball so fat. I don't want to shift into the other podcast here, but he's so oh, fat yeah. in Moneyball, and he's terrific in that movie. Yeah, I. You know, it's, it's funny though. You say. We don't like when people say we look like like comics don't like that. And audiences think that's the one thing we want. Audiences literally think that we got into comedy for fans to come up and say we look like someone else. Like they literally they like they're like, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to break into his green room just to let him know that he has no individuality. And he looks like this other person who's already famous. So they don't need to continue. And I remember that the hard way I texted you. I was like that guy. I texted you once because that show camping came out. Oh, I don't remember Lena this. Dunham, and they had a poster of it, and it was like cartoon characters of all the cast, and David Tennant was in it. And it looked so, it really did. It was a cartoon drawing, but it was basically you. And I texted you that thinking it'd be funny. I'd be like, hey, I see you're in, you know, I was one of those guys. Hey, I see you're in camp. I don't think I knew you that well at the time, so I was just trying to like start a conversation. I was like, hey, I see you're in camping. And your response, you were so depressed by it. I felt really bad. You're like, I know it's ruining my life. Like you were like, oh no, <laughs> I think it might've been, I, got, I was getting a lot of that. You were getting a lot of that. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. Kind of. I, mean, I remember I you, wondering. I remember you desperately trying to penetrate my world. And I <laughs> um, you were, it was a fail. You were like, yeah, I'm really depressed. Like it, it was, it was that thing where it's like, yeah, I like, you don't want to be, you don't want people to say you look like someone who's already a stat, like famous. Cause then you're like, you're basically saying you don't need to do any, you know, you know, you don't need to do anything anymore. You know, but someone yeah. already got, it's the, all we're hearing is someone already got there before. you. Yeah. I mean, I get young John Cusack a lot. And I'm like, I'll take it. I love Cusack. Uh, are you hanging out at the school of the blind? I don't know who's, who's giving you the young John Cusack. No, young, I get it a lot. Young John Cusack. Look at this. Oh, actually, I gotta see it now without the glasses. Without the forehead, the glasses. the glasses. I don't know, but let's move on from this stuff. But yeah, it's all very <laughs> But it does. It's it's amazing how many little things start on social media, where you yeah. just read the littlest thing and then you're just like unraveling. It's the worst thing that ever happened to any of us. Oh, I wanted to talk about. I mean, I know you're the host, but I want to talk. No, yeah, you host. Fuck it. The, the routine big shot when I go to my family's because it was. Yes, we were talking about that. That's a good thing to talk. Because I feel like the last time I did this pod, I feel like I had just come off. I was like in the middle of like I was having a panic. It was like so I was having a panic attack during it. It was like raw, but I feel much better these days. Do you remember that uh, you were the first episode? And I texted you and said, hey, you're the first episode. And you went, wow, starting off with a nobody. <laughs> I'm not a good businessman. I, I was, I, in my mind, I was like, that was the best episode, I thought. And uh, you had a good point. You were like, why not start with someone that's not completely unknown? But also, yeah. the most famous person I had done an episode with at that point was Ari Shafir. And right before the podcast got, came yeah. out. He fucking did the, had the Kobe thing. So yeah, I had to I mean, be like, all right, I got to put sit on this one for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're a bad businessman. I was just literally a last minute uh, replacement, right? No, well, we released four. And I did think I want, I thought that was the best example no, of what yeah. the show is and was going to be. Well, also, it's like it was your show. It was, you don't need to have, it was about you. You know, you don't need to have like, you know, you don't, you know, you don't need to have Alec Baldwin on the first one or whatever. But like, uh, well, the show's not about me, but. But no, but I mean, like you, you're trying to, you already had like some fans who are trying to 
ring over. Think, you know what I mean? I think so. I hope so. You know what this is? This show is a small show with very appreciative fans, which is great. And that, you know, that can blow up at any time. But, I, you know, you just got to, you know, if you like doing it, it helps, you know. But this time I feel like um, you ever go to therapy and you feel like you don't have any issues to talk about that week and it's kind of annoying, like. Yes. Like, you wish you could just reschedule like, hey, I just don't have that much anxiety this week and I'm feeling pretty good. Can we just reschedule? Otherwise, I'm just going to be making shit up. But then you get there and 20 minutes in, you're like, my father molested me. Like you realize you have all these problems. <laughs> yeah, no, your, your therapist is always like, OK, sure. Try me. But no, <laughs> I have had that. And there's times where I'm like, I think we're just friends. Like I'm just kind of bullshitting. With yeah, them. I know. But also you can get in trouble that way because what happens is you go in there feeling good and it has like an adverse effect. Cause you do leave there being like upset about shit that you weren't upset about, which I don't always think is a positive. No. I mean, that's the thing about anxiety in general is that like we live in this culture where it's all about like realizing your situation and being aware. And the bad thing is repression. The bad thing is Tony Soprano going, I don't have anxiety, but being over aware of something is also really bad. Like to constantly think and talk about anxiety will make it keep on going. I mean, you got to have a balance between not fully repressed and not like talking about it all the time. Yeah, well, whatever you water grows, yeah. as they say. I mean, that's why it is like important to have gratitude lists and stuff and work on that kind of shit. But, and I was, I was about to make a joke. That's why this podcast is a bad idea. It's just reminding you of your anxiety. But kind of what I was saying before, when I'm feeling really good, I, trend, I tend to try to forget I even have anxiety. And then when I have my next anxiety thing, because it's cyclical, I feel that much worse because I start to think I was completely better. And now I feel like that Pacino thing. I thought I was out and they sucked me back in. And it's like, it's that despair. It, it intensifies, which is why when you're feeling good, you still have to remind yourself you are a person with anxiety and talk about it and not try to escape that fact. Exactly. And, and, and again, same with alcoholism yes. is that it's easy to forget that's why it's like uh you need a daily reprieve uh but yeah it, that is important and I, I have that thing too is that i this is what my therapist helped me with is i keep wanting to be cured and there's no curing yes, it's no cure. only accepting and managing and that's a mistake i made for years because i would like count days with no anxiety i'm like i had two i'd go to therapy being like i was freaking out about my tooth <coughs> i hadn't thought about anything physical in like two days and he's like why are you keeping track yes it's no good you can't keep score all this stuff keeping score in general in relationships in life is never a good idea other than with sports you need to keep well, score because we need and to also and also keeping score is the anxiety. Like to me, it's like when you're really not having anxiety, you don't think about it at all. You know what I mean? Right. Like keeping score is part of the obsessive thinking. I think, you know? Yes. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, it's tough. Yeah. You'll never escape Cause we just want to feel normal. And there is a part of us that wishes like, we just weren't born with this shit. You know what I mean? But like, but we also like assume other people are more normal than us when they're not. Right. It's like what I was talking about earlier where I'm like, I, I feel like everyone else is working all day and I just can't get anything done. And then I talk to them and they're like, I just watched season nine of fucking this old house or whatever. Dude, everyone is literally in the bathroom crying with a gun in their mouth. It's all like it's like a fucking life is an illusion. Like it's like this illusion where we all try to like look like we're put together and we're not. And it sucks because I think it makes anxiety worse because we all think other people are more adjusted. And then we blame ourselves for our anxiety. 
You know what right. I mean? We, we were like, why are you having this? Why can't you be normal? And if we only just knew that none of us are normal. Yeah. Like, and social media compounds that, of course, because everyone's like on a surfboard with the tits perfect. And then everyone's like, I got to kill myself because I got bad tits and they have good tits. Right. Exactly. And there's so many things, too, where it's like. People who there's just, people are so anxious, they don't realize they have anxiety. Like, I think pretty much everyone with anger management issues is literally someone who just cannot confront their anxiety. Well, this is that's where mindfulness comes in is like people. That's why I like Sam Harris's app, which I talk about all the time. Waking up. It's like it's literally called waking up is like most people go through there, myself included for most of my life, go through their life like in a weird fucking dream. Like they're not aware. That's why mindfulness is so amazing, because like people don't even realize that like most of their problems are stuff they're just thinking it's not even reality it's thoughts are just thoughts and they're in the past or future in fact if you're in the present it's almost impossible to be anything but calm yes i exactly and the answer is always isn't it annoying that the answer oh, shit the answer is always oh shit fuck god damn it can you hear me that was perfect yes shit, fuck. stupid fucking cat uh, I wish I could timestamp this. How do I timestamp? I got no <laughs> clock. I mean, that was like a perfect clip. Um, I said something so perfect, and then a cat dove through and knocked <laughs> over your flowers or whatever. Um, you ever heard of the French philosopher uh, Montaigne? Ray LaMontagne, the singer? No, of <laughs> yeah. course I haven't. Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't know. Isn't it obnoxious to be like, well, you know what Montaigne says? Like, well, what's annoying? No, this is how you assume. say it. This is how okay. you say it. There's a uh, French philosopher named Montaigne that I like. And then I can cut and go, I know Montaigne. You go, oh, okay. Okay, that's not obnoxious. Assume you don't know it. Well, you're not assuming. You're just talking about wow. him. And then I, I give, you give me the option to say, I know him. Okay. Yeah, well, here's my thing. If you're going to talk about a philosopher, I don't need to whatever. But one time you were like, you ever see on the waterfront? <laughs> like if it's film, let me come on. Let, like just let me assume and then be surprised right. if I haven't seen it. But a French philosopher. What am I, an asshole? <laughs> I know Balzac. I know him. I don't <laughs> know his work. I just know, I know his the name. Funny- Balzac. Yeah. <laughs> it's even novelist, but um, yeah, I know he's a novelist. <laughs> I even said it a country town. I'm like, he's a novelist. Um, I'm a douchebag. Uh, uh, for sure. Like, but okay, so what the French asshole say? He just he had a great quote about how like uh, when I'm playing with my cat, who's to say I'm as much her plaything as she is mine? You know, like who's to say that she's not just thinking, oh, this is my you know toy I'm playing with? You know, ah. You know, it's just, it's just the idea of like, yeah, looking at it from someone else's perspective, you know, um, a, f- a fun exercise I like to do is when you're walking and this I got from waking up app too, is you walk. And I think most of us kind of walk as though we're moving through earth and earth is still and you're walking through it, but you can also just without much effort about experientially you're still. And then like earth is just moving right through you. Right yes. through your consciousness. And it's a fun activity because it just shows you that like it's all appearances and consciousness and experiential. That shit kind of freaks me out, though. Um, I uh, Montana also said uh, one of the great things about anxiety, those who. Those who fear that they will suffer are already suffering in fear. Ooh, that's very good. That's a good one, right? Um, but uh, I uh, can I tell you, I did TM today. Can I tell you the, the thought I had while I was doing TM that was like upsetting? Yes. I always love that you say, can I say this as though I'm going to be like, no, we don't have time. No. <laughs> I was doing TM and 
Well, I just remember I was doing it on the way and I was like, oh, I'm going to do I'm going to do your podcast later. I was like, oh, I should remind remember this. I was doing TM and I just had the thought in my head while I was doing it. I had tried to rewatch. It's going to be a little movie thing. I tried to rewatch City Slickers last night. Right. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of City Slickers? Best <laughs> <laughs> day of my life. And uh, it's a great movie, by the way. We got to talk about it the other pot, but there's something upsetting watching it, which is that, you know, I, I turned it on and obviously the synopsis is he's having a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. He's like middle-aged having a crisis. And at one point in the movie, in the beginning, she says his age and it's my age. And, uh, and I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I'm middle-aged. Like it was just a realization. Like I'm middle-aged. Yeah. It was the saddest awareness. My saddest awareness of mortality has now officially been from rewatching city slickers and realizing that I actually am middle-aged, you know? Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I, I have a similar experience. I mean, obviously, I'm like a Springsteen maniac. Do you know him? He's a singer, songwriter. He has a band that backs him up sometimes. Um, yeah, the guy does a couple of good Dylan covers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he plays uh, long shows. But um, in the song, My Hometown, I mean, the last verse, he's like wrapping up. He's like, I'm 35, and I got a boy of my own. And I'm like, oh, I'm like four years past his like... <laughs> Time to head south. I think about that all the time with age shit in movies. I'm like, how old are they? Oh, they're like, oh, you're know, like, I'm always so conscious. Well, of course, Bruce Springsteen also literally said, I'm not getting younger. Or we're not getting younger anymore at what, 21 or something? What's the line from Thunder Road? We're not that young anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, we ain't but that that's, young anymore. That's, but he was 21 when he wrote that. But that's yeah, it's about high that, school. But that also is like something you say when you are very young. You know what I mean? Um, I, think, I think he was older than that, too. Okay, but anyway, so I'm sitting there meditating in the Uber coming here, and I, uh, and I'm remembering City Slickers, and then, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm middle aged, and then I started thinking, in terms of my comedy career, you know, like doing comedy, I got probably 20 years of a career, you know, left, you know. What? Why? I don't know. 60, and then that where things end. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, for some reason, I in my head, I was like, the next 20 years are probably like where it's at. It uh, Yes, I think that. But you never know. I don't know. I mean, like, there's no fucking rules written, especially if you're writing a lot of directors, filmmakers, writers do great stuff like 95. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, and there's a lot of comics that are. But anyway, that was just a thought I had. And then I was like, oh, 20 years. That's not that long. And then I just felt like I'm. I just had that feeling of being pushed towards my death. You know what I mean? You just feel like you're being pushed towards your death. And I'm sitting there. This is me meditating. This is me having meditation. I'm like, I'm like, you know, because sometimes if you look at life the wrong way, you feel like it's just a hand just pushing you towards the void. You know what I mean? But then I was like, it's all about the moment. Yeah. You come back to the moment. Yeah. And that's you trying to control something you can't control, which is a fun activity. My friend always tells me when you're suffering, pause and ask yourself what am i trying to control right now time that's a really great activity it helps but the answer is always something if you're suffering you're trying mentally to control something that you can't control whether it be if a woman likes you or someone's gonna blow you or if you're gonna how long you're gonna live or whatever if you if you could control it you'd be doing the activity that makes you control it you know what i mean right if you're like i wish i was in better shape you could just be running at the gym right there you could be Anxiety is all. Yeah, exactly. Anxiety is always about something that you have no control over. Someone's text that doesn't come back and you're just you're trying to think your way out of something that there's no answer, which is ultimately what death like death to me is like the all the core of anxiety is death. 
And when you're freaking out about death, you're trying to think your way out of something that you can't think your way out of, you know? Yeah, it's hard and you can't control it. And it's, it, 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 there's also, again, it comes back to like perspective. You have to be like, no one wants to die, but it'd be worse if you didn't die. If you like live forever. Yeah, if you're like 348 years old, that would yeah. suck. And yeah. it would, and, li- and life would be meaningless. It's meaningless. like, we talk about good and bad are the same side of the same coin. Life and death are two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, it's kind of sucks. It's like not existing for all eternity sucks, but living forever also sucks. We're kind of in a shitty situation. And also not existing forever is like a, a just an, again, an appearance in consciousness. Like you, whenever you're never sitting around the couch watching full house and be like, God, that really sucked when I wasn't around forever before I was born. <laughs> you're not experiencing that. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause the truth is with death, the reason you freak out, you're not actually imagine. You can't imagine you not exist because that's right. just nothing. So you're just, you're, you're trying to imagine yourself not existing. I don't know if we talked about this in the first part, but you're trying to imagine yourself not existing, but that's impossible. So you're just imagining you're like the idea of your eyes closed for all eternity. And that's freaking you out. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? You're in this it's weird like black space and then like everyone's not, at the mall. Yeah. But that's not right either. You know what I mean? So like you're kind of, you know, and the truth is when you die, if you don't exist, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe there's an afterlife, who knows, but if you die, uh, and, uh, you don't exist, like that's actually the one time in your life where you're not going to have anxiety. Exactly. You're relieved of all your anxiety, pain, suffering, uh, and you just left over the loved ones to be like, oh, my God. But I, also, but I also think it's OK to worry about that. Like some people are like, who cares? You don't exist. You didn't exist before you're born. Whatever. I hate those people who are like not concerned by it. No, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're lying. Because if someone said, hey, you have cancer, they'd fucking lose their minds, of course. Yeah. But the people are like, well, I saw it was just like it just existed for non-eternity. Who gives a shit? Whatever. You know, but like. um. But yeah, I uh, it all comes down to death. But uh, I think like figuring out to me always like you know I had a terrible anxiety meltdown the last couple of years before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I think for the first time ever, I mean, it was, I think I was talking about it in the middle of it the last time, but like I was on medication for ten years and then I got off it and had all this terrible anxiety, and for the first time in my life, I had to learn coping mechanisms. Because instead, I just put up, did medication, didn't do anything, you know? And I've really tried to learn coping mechanisms. And I'm really grateful for my anxiety because it's made me, I think learning how to manage anxiety is kind of basically learning how to manage anything in life, you know? Absolutely. It's the meaning of existence almost to how to learn how to deal with it, you know? I feel that way all the time. I mean, like, I'm great. And that's that's the answer to anxiety about death is to appreciate life and and, and have gratitude because it will all go away. Literally every single thing ends. Relationships, a beverage, the daytime, all that stuff. So embracing that and and that's what the Stoics do. I got my uh, Stoicism book over here somewhere. Uh, But that's what you got to do is just like embrace a guy so to fu- the good life. Be so fu- Oh, I've, I've read that. It'd be so funny if uh, I interviewed him on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. It'd be so funny if you were like, where's my fucking stoic book? I had a fucking right here. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> um, I got all kinds of self-help. Pema Chodron is over here. And uh, Judd yeah, well, I, 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 I maybe I learned this a little from you, but sometimes people come to me, they get anxiety and I'm so quick to like help them and send them shit. And, and I, and I realized at a certain point, like, you know, you spend so long trying to figure out your own problems and you realize you never will. Your life is just kind of a mysterious chaos. But if you can help other people with their problems, 
it can distract you from your own. And that's kind of the answer anyway. Like the answer is help other people and then you don't have to get caught up and lost in your own nonsense. Yeah. That's the most important thing I've discovered in the last seven or eight years of my life is that gives value to yourself and your life. And it, it helps other I'm, people, obviously. I, it, it's, it's selfish and it's selflessness. I'm excited. Like when people come to me with anxiety shit, I really want to help them. And I'm excited to, it takes away some of my own, I might, a lot of times I'm feeling anxious then and I just focus on them and it takes away from me a little, you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. That's, I mean, that anxiety in general is self-centered in, in ways, of course. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast, which it takes, it's a lot of effort and anxiety, ironically, and no money, yeah. but I get a lot of nice messages from people who are really grateful and I'm grateful yeah, to podcast, you for, for doing it. Yeah. This podcast is, uh, is that exactly that thing. It's like, help yeah helping yeah i i think at the end of the day you know who knows there's any meaning to life but i think one of the most important things is like you know helping people to distract from your own insurmountable insurmountable problems yeah and that's i mean that's yeah that is like all of life is us being there for each other and taking care of each other because what else is there i mean that's the that's the nature of existing as a human being on a society but and also so much of meditation, I think, and I tell this to my therapist, is trying to treat your own feelings as if someone else was telling you them, which is the way to disconnect your thoughts. Because all your thoughts are connected to feelings that make you so terrified of everything, right? And you get overwhelmed by the feelings. So I'll freak out because, you know, I texted something to Esty at the seller and she didn't text me back, you know, and I'm freaking out. And it's a thought but nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. It's nothing inherently bad. It's a thought. Have you heard of Shakespeare? That's from Hamlet. But uh, it's a thought, but it's attached to these feelings that freak me out. But then I have to tell myself, imagine if Caitlin told me that happened. What would I tell to Caitlin? And I'd say, quit fucking worrying about it. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? So in a way, I always try to like, try to, whenever I'm having really big problems, I try to imagine a friend telling me those problems and me having the perspective to realize it's not a big deal. We almost want to treat ourselves with the kind of like um, objectiveness we would treat a friend's problems. With. Of course. Yeah. Be as, that's something I'd say all the time is be as kind to yourself as you would be to someone else, which yeah. again, if my wife was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm having a hard time uh, writing. I would never be like, yeah, because you're a fucking piece of shit, you loser. Now sit down there and write. And the reason if you don't come up with anything funny, it's because you don't have it anymore and you lost it and you were always a hack. Yeah, imagine That's how, how awesome. we're talking to ourselves. I tried to do it as a bit. I did it for a bit as a while. It never worked. It is true. Like, I think mindfulness allows you to be aware of, because at first we don't even realize the mean thoughts we're saying to ourselves. Like we do not. It's crazy. It's literally like we're literally calling us a fucking piece of shit loser. We don't even realize we're saying it. Yeah. And yeah, if you, if we talk to other people that way, we would just be an insane, like if, if my friend was just like, I was at my parents' house and I ate a bunch that weekend. And I'm just like, you fat piece of shit. No one will ever fuck you ever again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally did this as a bit and it never worked. It was so frustrating to me because I thought it was hilarious, but that's funny. Yeah. Like, whatever. yeah. So you know, um, but also it's it's oh, talking to your friend with. Okay. I just knocked over my fucking uh, audio thing here. I think it's okay. Do I sound the same? Yeah, you didn't even have a cat jump on you. No, I'm just an asshole. But uh, uh, it's um, it's uh, and I know you probably want to wrap this up, but like yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
I just want to say one last thing because it's it is like talk to yourself like you talk to your friend, but it's also it's the caringness you'd show a friend, but it's also sometimes the lack of caring you'd show to a friend too that's helpful because we overly care about our own problems. You know, like I felt really run down last week, right? Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, I have COVID, I'm gonna die. You know, being sick is awful. You know what I mean? Maybe I should, hello. No, I'm listening. I'm realizing your light is like a strobe light, and people are gonna hate it. Oh shit! I don't know time. why it's like that. Ah, because it's fuck. this overhead. It's when I've only been doing it for the whole episode. <laughs> I think it's only when I've <laughs> this is gonna be a very anxious episode. Yeah, when you lean in, it, it whitewashes. Shit, fuck. Anyway, that's all right. But, no one cares about your face. But I was saying it, it it's it's caring about your friend, but also like if You're my laughing. friend if my friend was just like, I feel really run down this weekend, I'd be like, Yeah, who gives a shit? That happens. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, what I mean? I'd be like, Who gives a shit? That happens, not COVID, you're gonna be fine. So sometimes we need to treat ourselves with the lack of caring between our friends. You know what I mean? Like you well, told me you're worried about moles a week ago, you know? Yeah. And I didn't give a shit because I knew you were fine. You know what I mean? Right, right. And you should have treated yourself the way I treated you when you told me, which was like, you're fine. Who cares? That's what my therapist was so good at that at first was off putting and we would argue about it because I'm like, I'm having like toothache and I have to have, go have a root canal. Like It's great. And he'd be like, yeah, it's just a root canal. Yeah. And you're like, are you crazy? Like, it's got, I got to go in there. It's got this thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's a dentist. No one likes the dentist. He would say, nobody likes the dentist. He's like, that's not, root canal's not fun. There's nothing fun about that. But he's like, that's life. Because you know what the difference is? You're saying it, but with you, it's attached to all the feelings. And with him, when you think about your friend, you don't think about the feelings they're going through as much, which is good. You want to, you want to separate yourself from your emotions. That's part of meditation, separating yourself from your thoughts and your feelings and like looking at yourself objectively. So the way you look at a friend going, like you told me you're going to get a root canal I'll be like, all right, Joe's getting a root canal. Right. You know, that's all I would say, you know, but for you, it's I'm getting a root canal. Ah! Like, right. you know what I mean? And so, so sometimes it's good to look at you with the lack of empathy you'd have for a friend. Yeah, well, Mel Brooks, said it, Mel Brooks said it the yeah. best. I mean, that Mel Cut Brooks thing, thumb, that I'm yeah. sure you've heard. Yeah, when he said, well, the audience might not know it. So if you just yes, let me it, tell it. Yes, it, yes, it. Where he said, you know, tragedy is I get a paper cut on my thumb. I call in my family and I call an ambulance and I put a Band-Aid and hydrogen peroxide and I'm thinking about it. I ice it and I'm holding it above my heart. And and uh, comedy is you're walking down the street, you fall in a manhole cover and die. What do yeah. I care? <laughs> um, we got to treat ourselves like that. Yeah. Yeah. So next time for the listeners, whenever you're freaking out, just imagine your friend calling you and being like, I'm having a lot of anxiety and how little you really give a shit. And that will help you through it. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you did service for me. You helped me here because uh, I had someone uh, cancel last minute and then you you swooped in. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And and for the folks at home that don't realize this, we're in the same building right now. <laughs> we're just literally easier. across the hallway. I yeah. just Sarah won't let Jews in the house, so we <laughs> um, so we had to come up with something fast. But I appreciate it. Plug plug some things. Plug our podcast. Oh yeah, well you can hear both of us on our other podcast. Not, I mean, I'm not part of this podcast. But, Absolutely uh, not. No, but it's called. Uh, um, Wait, what's it called? It's called Joe, Joe and Ron, Ron on Talk Movies, Talk Movies, which we would have had a better name, but I just thought it was a one-off. I know. We should change the name because we're having my name in it, which is so hard to spell. That's all right. Well, anyway, uh, so come listen to Joe and Ron on Talk Movies. Uh, 
to hear our takes on movies. And uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. I don't know. Do I plug things? What do you plug? Yeah, like, plug. I don't know. What, I don't know. Anxiety or I know. plug my own shit, but you can plug whatever. <laughs> do I plug? I don't. I don't know. You know, see me. Um, and I, you know, I got dates on my Instagram and stuff. You know. Solid. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I got dates. I'm at uh, Salt Lake City, July 30th and 31st. And um, subscribe and thanks for, and, and leave a nice review, five star review. And yeah, and go subscribe to Joe and Ron on Talk Movies or watch it on YouTube. Oh, let me actually, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Let me just go ahead. Can you follow my, go on my YouTube? I'm, I'm, I have a, I'm, my album is, I filmed it. And I'm trying to edit it to put it on YouTube, like as a special. So subscribe to my YouTube page. Yes, I felt like I'm saying that to you specifically. I mean, if you want it too, but I will subscribe to my YouTube page. It's run on. Uh, I have two. I got to delete one, so it's the one. You do consolidate. <laughs> yeah, there's one that has more followers. All right, all right, kick ass. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. This Thank is you. fun. All, all right, right. awesome. Mindful Metal Jacket is hosted by comedian Joe List. Produced by Joe List. Edited by Matt Kleinschmidt. Executive producers Robert Kelly and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcasts.